Hello and welcome to the Modern Nutrition Podcast. The Modern Nutrition Podcast is all about education today. We interview illustrious guests about what education means to them now and all about their experiences of education up until this point. This episode is sponsored by our long-term partner, the Smartwash Carbosh, London's leading valet and detailing specialist in Essex, London and Kent. We couldn't recommend them enough. Book a mobile car wash detail or valet today. Now for this week's guest, there's been a bit of a change in schedule. So this week, we in fact have Pete Dyson on. Pete Dyson was the principal behavioural scientist at the Department of Transport during the COVID-19 response. Pete was brought in to establish a new behavioural science team within the Department of Transport to tackle the COVID-19 response and recovery, sustainability and the impact of future transport technologies on behaviour. We couldn't be more excited to speak to him and for us to learn about what education means to him, especially now that he is in fact doctoral researcher at the University of Bath. Thank you so much to Pete for his time. Enjoy the podcast. This episode starts with me asking about Pete's university experience. And like many geographers before him, he starts with a defence of geography. I think geography is a brilliant degree. And I think there's a lot of people I've met afterwards that have studied other degrees. Mm-hmm. That when they met geography students, yeah. um, they said, oh, I wish I was studying that. That was good. <laughs> because it really combines fundamental topics about people and places and how the world works mm-hmm. and applies it to um, contem- contemporary issues. Mm-hmm. Um I would like to have studied history, but I know a lot of historians really like the look of um, like the look of geography. Um, at the time, though, in sixth form, I remember not being reluctant, but I thought, oh, I'll do geography there, and I seem to score well in it, um, but it's been boring. Um, I couldn't be more wrong. It was really, really interesting. The bit of assurance I give to people looking at degrees, though, is that when you get to university, there are it cross cuts subjects cross cut a lot, yeah. and I act, I remember finding um, that I'd be in the library and um, I'd have friends that were studying English or they'd be studying French or they'd be studying history or political sciences. I would actually, wouldn't be all fighting over the same book, but they would be looking at a book that I'd been looking at um, three months ago. And what do you know, it's about Kant or Descartes or a philosopher and you're trying to get your head around what they said, but you're applying that thing to your subject. Having graduated with a degree from the University of Cambridge, Pete joined the advertising industry. He tells us a bit about what he learned there. Yeah, I wanted to go into advertising. I'm pretty sure there's a there was a time when I got the London Underground and I won, and I was fascinated by where are the signs, who makes these signs that push us through the tunnels, and why are there ad why are there billboard adverts on this uh, on this tube platform, and why are there different adverts uh, in the tube train. And I think I've basically been living through that for the past <laughs> 10 or 15 years uh, because geography is questioning sort of how people and places. And I really liked the area of um, marketing and communications because it uh, looks at exactly that. You need to understand people and place. Early on, I did do marketing for American Express. Uh, I wouldn't say that was my favorite thing to do, but I did get a really good discipline and understanding of how adverts are created mm-hmm. so in this case it was i was looking at um uh, advertising on the transport network but i was also looking at digital advertising and how they market their um music pre-sales so you can buy tickets to rock concerts oh, yeah. and gigs because you're an american express member mm-hmm. how they track if somebody clicked on a banner the likelihood that they'll mm-hmm. then sign up to get a card or a promotion 
that I found interesting and important to know how it's done commercially. But I don't think I went home as proud or as purposefully driven as I did when I subsequently work on projects like how do you get more workers in food processing factories to wash their hands, inspired by work that had been done in hospitals but hasn't been applied in um, in factory settings, um, where visitors to hospitals had a little pen uh, cross put on the back of their hand. We extended that a bit further, and it was a nasty-looking bacteria uh, icon, um, mm. a little a nasty-looking bug. The idea that you were, would um, uh, draw people's sort of sense of disgust in a good way that they'd want to wash it off and that they would know socially that if they didn't wash it off, other people could see the mark was still on the hand and that they hadn't washed their hand properly. And I accept that not all problems in the world are this uh, universally needed, but I liked that we were looking at a problem that nobody wants transmission of dirty diseases. Yeah. Um, it's it's not entirely pro-social, um, in this case, we were working for the benefit of a company that sold soap and hand towel dispensers. Mm. So they had a reason to sell it, but they've invented a product, but it wasn't yet um, as friendly to the human mm. world. You had a, a, a chemical that that um, that washed hands, but when it came into contact with people, they weren't using it all that well. And I like those challenges. And I actually found in marketing and advertising it couldn't be more wrong that the stereotype is you're trying to sell stuff yeah. by far and away. Most of the time we're not doing, how do we get, how do we sell this thing? We're doing a, how do people use it? Right. How people are actually, we've got the wrong people buying our products. How can we appeal to this group who mm. would actually benefit from it more? Yeah. If you're interested in communications and advertising, you can use that skill in a lot of different ways. In the same way as a metaphor, if you're interested in numbers and finance, you could be an accountant, yeah. Uh, any number of different companies. It could be a charity. It could be a football. Um, could be a football club, or it could be um, a horrendous um, weapons factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Next, Pete tells us about his work at the Department of Transport. What did he learn there, and what did he have to learn on the job as part of the COVID nineteen response? The Department for Transport have always understood the importance of measuring people's travel behaviour. And the UK has actually got really good information on um, on data on how people travel at quite an abstract level. So you might hear numbers about the billions of car miles that are travelled or the hundreds of millions of train passengers that are carried each month. But they're not so good at understanding the individuals behind all those big numbers. So how people think about how they travel. And at the start of 2020, it was clear that... Um, people's perception of risk and people's traveled wants and needs uh, were really important in the context of COVID um, that some people need still needed to move around. Some people um, needed to stay at home and a lot of people in between. I think a really good example is um, uh, the effect that face coverings had on people's um, intention to travel. And that was a really messy new world where in the space of a few months, everyone was trying to get their head around um, what the evidence was. And I think it's a really neat case where you need the scientists to look at, say, disease transmission, understand if COVID is transmitted um, by hand or whether it's by uh, an airborne disease, uh, the extent to which a face covering will make a difference, mm -hmm. how that difference matters. But I think what surprised a lot of people is the extent to which um, face coverings became 
a support tool for a lot of people. And while, say, individually, they would say, I dislike wearing one, they, a lot of people are finding that they advocated keeping a some kind of face covering rule on transport um, because it's a case where my ability to stay safe depends on what other people are doing. Um, so it's quite cooperative in that way. And now Pete's a student again. He's a doctoral researcher at the University of Bath in transport and travel behaviour. So why Bath and what advice would he give students looking to start their own PhDs? Bath has a really good um, set of departments in the two areas that I'm really interested in. One, it's, it's a predominantly science and technology um, uh, university. It's no, known for science and technology. Its mechanical engineering department has a whole transport team looking at um, propulsive systems, uh, but within this like wider context of how they come into contact with society. Bath's also exceptionally good at psychology, and that's where I'm principally uh, based. So that's the subject covered off. Um, for a PhD, mm. I think a primary part of your experience is your supervisor. Mm. And um, I've followed the work of my supervisor, uh, Professor Lorraine Whitmarsh, and was really impressed and really um, mm. uh, liked the lens through which she was viewing and studies um, sustainability. Mm. Um, then there's some other factors and who knows in cognitive psychology which other ones came first was i just captivated that it was a roman city or did i want to come out to the southwest and have a change of scene and then i think if it's worth it's worth people noting that i do look at a trend that postgraduate research is much less about this more general principle of like the prestigiousness of a university than it is for undergrad research where there's a slightly more of a some strange ranking or pecking order it's much more important that you pick the course the subject and in research your supervisor who you're going to work really well with um, mm. and do really interesting research thank you so much for listening everyone and thank you so much to pete for his time Next time, we'll be speaking to Professor Daniel Richardson, social psychologist at UCL, about teaching at universities and his unique lecturing style. See you next time.